Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find live messages recorded during our weekly services at Trinity. We are a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus. We're located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago and meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. All right, would you pray with me? Father, we thank you once again for your word. And God, we thank you uh, for the armor that it gives us. And Lord, uh, today as, as we look at the helmet and, uh, and how that affects the way that we think and uh, who we are and how you've created us, I pray, God, that your spirit would guide and lead us to see you a little bit more fully and especially to know how to live in, in this world. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, We're continuing this series called Strong in the Lord, looking at those words that Paige read for us, words that we read last week as well from Ephesians chapter 6. But I want to give us a little image here to begin. Um, I saw this TED Talk this last week from a guy named Mark Roper, and it's called The Super Mario Effect. Anybody seen it by chance? Has anybody seen this before? Okay, no, most of us haven't. Okay, well, Super Mario Effect caught my attention. I was like, I gotta figure out what this is about. And, and the whole point of the TED Talk is to say that our minds are, have a lot of power. They influence the way we look at the world. He uses this example to prove that point. He says, imagine uh, that I were to come to you and say, I have a test for you to take. And the test works like this. Uh, There's very specific instructions that you have to follow in order. And and to get to the next page, there's around 30 pages. You have to follow it very specifically. And if you mess it up, you have to start over. He says it would work like this. You would take six buttons and it would say, press button three for five seconds, push button six for one. And if you went through that whole thing, you could get to the end of the test. The question that he asks in the TED Talk is this, how much money would I have to pay you to take this test? Probably a good amount, like 30 pages. Are you kidding me? This sounds terrible. He says this, what if I approached this or presented it to you a little bit different? Instead of calling it a test, what if I called it a game? And And in the process of calling it a game, what if I also kind of reconfigured the buttons so that they kind of look like this? (laughs) And instead of just following a bunch of uh, rules and words, what if I gave you visual images that you had to follow to get to the end of that game? He calls it the Super Mario effect. The question then becomes, how much money would I have to pay you to do this? Probably very little. In fact, you might actually pay me to participate in this. Because essentially what he's saying is that our mind is a powerful thing. Our mind can influence us in many different ways. Can get us to do some stuff that can be challenging at times or maybe things that we don't necessarily want to do. I was thinking about like little kids when you're trying to teach them to eat vegetables. Remember, you pick up the spoon and you pretend it's an airplane trying to get it into their mouth. 
or a practice that we do in our house is we have the van clock is set 12 minutes fast. 13, my wife informed me, just so we're not late, right? We play these games with our mind all the time. But for us, the question becomes, is this what life really is about? That as we experience difficulty and struggle, is is it all about just playing tricks on our mind to endure in this world? Actually, Paul, the author of these words in Ephesians 6, would say that it can't just be playing these little tricks on our mind to do difficult things. Instead, we have to have these answers in this mindset as we go into this world. Because as we talked about last week, there's a battle that is happening and going on. Something that is bigger than what we can see. And so Paul says, I want you to have a healthy mindset, understanding who you are, why you exist, and how you're supposed to live. This is a mindset that we need to embrace. He talks about this in having the strength of the Lord in in discussing this next part of the armor that we need to equip ourselves with, which is this in Ephesians 6, verse 17. It says, to take on the helmet of salvation. I was informed that I should not keep this on for very long because it might be distracting for us. It, the helmet as, as a Roman soldier is very obvious. I mean, it's something that, that soldiers would wear because if you were wounded in the leg or wounded in the arm, you could still continue in the battle. But to be struck in the head was fatal. And so they would wear a helmet, much like we wear helmets, knowing that our minds, our head, are are very vital things for us as human beings. And what Paul is saying here is that we too need to have the right mindset, our headspace, the things that we think about matter. And so he gets into this, not only in Ephesians 6, but he goes to Romans chapter 12, this beautiful image where he talks about our mindset. Our mind needs to be focused on something incredibly important. I want to point this out here in Romans chapter 12. He says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. He says, do not be conformed, to this world, but be transformed by this renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Beautiful words. Notice here that we are in Romans chapter 12. This is a letter that Paul, the same guy who talked about the armor of God, he's writing to Christians in Rome. And he says this important thing, I appeal to you therefore, Remember that old English statement, what's the therefore, therefore? Well, it's pointing us back to the other 11 chapters that Paul's been talking about, 
to read Romans 12, only reading Romans 12 misses out on everything that he said before that. So what did Paul say before that? Well, he says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, this statement that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That it doesn't matter who you are, Jew or Gentile, doesn't matter where you came from, we all have fallen short of what God has asked us and required us to do. And if it ends there, it's like, man, Romans is not a very good letter. Well, it continues because in Romans 5, Paul says this, but God has shown his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ has died for us. Somebody say amen to that. This is good news. And he continues in Romans 6, he says that if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. He talks about this image of baptism, that in our baptism, God buries us, but he rises us again from the dead. That's a hope and assurance that we hold on to. If you've never been baptized, you could make my day by coming and talking to me after church because I would love to make that happen. That is a promise that we believe and we see that God is working in a very real way. And then Paul keeps going in Romans, but I want to jump to Romans 12 again because he says this, I appeal to you, therefore, in light of all of those things, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now, what does he mean by spiritual worship? Is it just this mystical thing that we only do on Sunday mornings, socially distanced with masks on in 2021? No. Actually, the word there in the Greek, the original language, is this word, logikos. Say it with me. One, two, three. What's it sound like? What he's saying is that Paul's saying, in light of everything that God has done, what he says in Ephesians 6 is salvation. He says the logical response is worship. In light of what God has done, through his son, Jesus Christ, taking on flesh, coming into this world, and dying for you and me, the logical response is that we should worship. We should worship our God because he loves us in spite of the brokenness that we contribute to and the wrong that we continue to do. But he continues here, it's so beautiful. He says, don't be conformed, this is the next verse, to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. This is a new way now to look and think in this world, better than a Super Mario effect. He says that you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect, just to Greek out here again, that word transformed is this word, metamorphosis. It is this changing of our mind, the way that we look at the world. And what salvation brings us is not just something that helps us endure or do things that maybe we don't want to do. It instead gives us a purpose for why we exist 
for who we are and ultimately how we're called to live in this world. And it just seems to be so fitting because Paul tells us to put on this helmet of salvation to transform and renew your mind in the battle. And what's fitting is that this weekend, in fact, tomorrow, we celebrate the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. A man of faith, a man who, motivated by his faith, leaned in to some really difficult things. And one of my favorite sermons that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote was from, uh, from a, a letter that he actually entitled, Paul's Letter to American Christians. It's a really interesting read. You should Google it and read it when you uh, get home or would be a great activity for tomorrow. He tried to uh, take this modern approach of using Paul's words, the guy that we're talking about here that was writing from scripture, and writing it to American Christians in the 1960s. And in that letter, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. talks about this dynamic that's going on. He's saying that as modern people in the 60s, it's amazing the scientific advancements that we've had inside of our culture. The example that he uses is that it's wild and amazing that one can have breakfast in Paris, France and dinner in New York City. I mean, think about that. The advancements that we have had as human beings. But Dr. King in this letter writes these words. They're really powerful prophetic words that I need us to hear today. He says this, that through your scientific genius, you have made the world a neighborhood. But you have failed to employ your moral and spiritual genius to make, it, make of it a brotherhood. Let's say this again. Through your scientific genius, you've made the world a neighborhood, but you have failed to employ your moral, logical, spiritual genius to make, it, make of it a brotherhood. He goes on to say this. So America, the atomic bomb that you have to fear today is not merely that deadly weapon that can be dropped from an airplane on the heads of millions of people, but the atomic bomb that lies in the hearts of men and women capable of exploding into the most staggering hate and most devastating selfishness. Hear those words. That the enemy that is at work in this place is not something that's dropping down, but is something that is inside of us. And so, as a result, we need to take on the helmet of salvation. This logical understanding, recognizing who I am, why I exist, and how I'm called to love those around me. This is what it means to be strong in the Lord. It's, it's more than just having this ability to do difficult things or to eat our vegetables or to get 
somewhere on time. Instead, this strength, this armor that God gives us, gives us a new mindset of how I look at myself, how I look at my God, and how I look at my neighbor. So, that sounds really great, Pastor Dave. Um, how, how can I do this? How can I get better with this? What, what is the, the takeaway? What am I supposed to do as a result? Well, this is why for us as a church, we find it to be so important that we get into God's word. That we get into the instruction, the rule, the, the life that his salvation brings. This is also why we're starting our small groups up again, and we're going to be going through the Gospel of John. And as a church, we have four different groups that are going to be meeting through Zoom to, to lean in to God's Word for nine weeks and to be reminded of the hopes and the promises that, that He brings. But it's also why we as human beings also need to check every once in a while. What are the voices that I'm allowing into my life over and over and over again? And as Paul says, we need to take up the helmet of salvation to be reminded of his plan and purpose in this world. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you're a God who works in this world, gives us strength as we encounter uh, the difficulties and challenges that are all around us. And Lord, um, I specifically uh, pray today that that we would find great joy and great hope in your plan of salvation. Lord, it leads us to not knowing the answers to everything. It leads us um, to lots of questions and, and recognizing that things should be better. Yet, God, it also uh, leads us to a place of, of worship and reminds us that you're a God who promises that, that things will, will be different. And so I pray, Lord, that that would not just be a future hope that we look toward, but it would be something that would shape the way we see the world around us today. Like a helmet on our head, may we see and may we think differently because of what you have done. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.